Hi friends. <laughs> How you guys doing? Welcome. Thank you for uh for checking me out today. Um a little bit of Aretha, you know, just passed yesterday. Um you know, and she's just one of the greatest, greatest influences on music and feminism as I know it. And so I just thought it was only right to honor her a little bit with the music today. Um, so yeah, welcome back to uh, Ask the Brown Feminine. Thanks for being with me today again. I'm excited. It's our second episode. Um, got a lot of good questions for you. Uh, first, though, I want to start with this week's affirmation, which is choose joy. Uh, I know that choosing how you feel can seem like a strange concept, but uh, you know, hear me out. I feel that one of the biggest mistakes we make as people is behaving and believing really that happiness is something we earn if we're working hard enough or if we're miserable long enough. You know, if I go to work 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week, for however long I'll have enough money to be happy. You know, if I put all of this energy into this relationship, then I'll be happy. And I think it's important for us to reframe the way that we think about it. Joy is not a destination or an achievement that you're making your way toward. It's a state of being. And so if you you have the power to leave toxic situations and to, you know, leave behind toxic people and make your happiness where you're at right now. So on to the questions. The first question I have this week reads as follows. Jazz, how do you handle the realization that you were the only one to ever reach out to friends, that certain people in your life will go months without checking in on you and only ever bail on plans you made with them? When do you give up on being the strong friend who is always there for everyone when no one is ever there for you? So first, I wanna thank you for your question. And I want you to know that what you're saying is valid. I'm hearing you. It's not an easy thing to have to go through. Um, and there are a couple of ways that you can go about handling it. The first is that you can decide that these friends are not worth your time and you can cut them out of your life. That's the first option. The second option is having an honest and open conversation with those friends about how you're feeling and what it is that you need in order to feel like you're also being cared for, you know, friendship, friendship in adulthood is a tricky thing. You know, everybody's busy. Everybody's feeling a lot of pressure to get things done. And so, you know, the nuances of friendship can get kind of left by the wayside. It's really easy for life to kind of get away from you that way. Um, so what I would say is, you know, reevaluate your friendships. It's time to uh, really take a look at your past with these friends and figure out you know, have they been around for you? Have they been there for you in the past? Um, you know, have they offered emotional support to you? Do they support your growth and happiness? Do they want you to be a better version of yourself going forward? And if so, then it's time again to have that conversation with them. Um, on the other hand, if you found that you really are the only one who's ever reaching out, you're the only one who's providing support um, then yes, it may be time to let that relationship go. 
so again, um, first step, sit down and have, have your, even if you have to bring out a piece of paper, write down instances in which your friends have shown that they do care and that they are in your corner because that's, that's what they're for. And uh, if you can't come up with anything, then it may be time to seek some new friendships and find people who are going to be in your circle and are going to be your tribe, who are going to support you and be in your corner. So I hope that helps. Good luck. Second question. I have a friend who's gender fluid. He was assigned male at birth and still goes by male pronouns. However, he's struggling with a great deal of depression and confusion around his gender and how to express himself. On top of that, he works in an industry that is really conservative and being outwardly queer in that environment would probably not be well accepted. I'm not sure how to help him and I'm hoping you could advise me. So first, I just wanna say thank you again for your question and thanks for being a safe space for your friend because that's huge. And I'm sorry that he's having a hard time right now. You know, professionalism is a concept that's thrown at us constantly. And unfortunately, professionalism, you know, the workplace tends to be pretty, you know, it can be, it can have a very narrow view and it. That view can be very racist or sexist, transphobic, homophobic. Um, and it's tough to fit into those little boxes. Um, so it's completely, it's completely understandable that your friend is having a hard time with that right now. I've found that um, for gender fluid people in particular, it can be really difficult, especially uh, if you're AMAB, which is assigned male at birth, um, if you're not familiar with the term. Um, I feel like if you've been presenting as male for a while, society tends to have a lot of uh, expectations that are put on you as far as how you dress, how you wear your hair, how you speak to people, and it can be really difficult for people who are AMAP to break away from those expectations um, without backlash. So again, you know, I, I feel for your friend. Um, the first thing I would say is that if your friend is experiencing depression, um, as you've said, uh, I would I would definitely suggest getting some help. And, you know, y'all are going to hear me suggest therapy a lot, and that's because the shit works. Therapy is important. Um, and I feel like any time where you have a friend who is experiencing um, a circumstance or a life change, it's always good to check in with a neutral party and somebody who's been trained, a therapist. Um, and particularly for this, I feel like a uh, therapist trained in uh, gender issues, a gender therapist would be amazing. It would be extremely helpful in finding your, helping your friend find um, really what it is that they're going through um, as far as what is it, what is my gender? What is, what is my expression? How am I going to live outwardly? And how am I going to reconcile inwardly what's going on with me at this moment? So that would be the first thing. Um, seeing if at all possible, if there's um, a therapist nearby your friend, I don't know where you live, but nearby your friend um, that they can speak to. And, you know, of course, having you as that safe space is also a great means of support. So if you can continue to be that safe space for your friend, I think that'll be, that'll be huge for them. Uh, as far as how to express um, 
oneself outwardly at work in this moment. I mean, there are there are a lot of different things that you can do. And again, without knowing all the details of work, this work environment, I can I can rattle off a few ideas. Um, one of one might be playing with color. If your if your uh, friend doesn't have to stick to a strict uniform, maybe they can you know start switching out different colors of shirts that make them feel more in touch with their femme side. Or they can experiment with a hairstyle that makes them feel like they're more um, they're more in touch with that side of themselves. Um, or maybe even like simple jewelry, like you know, an earring is a really subtle choice. That's something that they might be able to uh, to utilize in their wardrobe and feel more like they're being their authentic self, because that's what it's all about. Um, and you know, um, I feel like the most important thing again is that your friend find someone safe to speak to and that they keep exploring and keep feeling empowered to explore. So with that, you know, I wish you guys the best of luck. And um, I would really love to hear more about it. If you feel uh, that you can reach out, I would love to know how things go um, and follow up. And uh, again, I wish you the best of luck. So my last question reads as follows. Last week, you gave someone advice about their mon monogamous relationship. And I was wondering if you could clarify what a non-monogamous relationship is. I'm so glad you asked. So non-monogamy is an interesting concept and uh, not a lot of people have knowledge of it, um, of the, uh, you know, the different subtle nuances that go into what non-monogamy is. A lot of people I find, a lot of people that I speak to kind of conjure up the image of like swingers from the 1970s or they think immediately about like cheating partners. And while that technically can fit under the whole umbrella of non-monogamy, the term is really meant to describe different um, structures of relationships. So like a quick sort of um, overview of some of those types of relationships. Uh, we can, let's start with swinging. So swingers, that's a non-monogamous relationship in which the partners can engage in sexual activity with other people but there's also like a social aspect of it there might be like parties or there might be meetings um, where they can meet with other people and engage in those activities either there or elsewhere um, so it's tends to be very much about the sexual activity um, and then you go home and you plan your next outing as swingers uh, let's see there's open relationships which is, again, you know, partners in a relationship who have the freedom to engage in sexual activity with others, but the social piece isn't there so much. So while an op people in an open relationship might decide to go out to um, a party for that purpose, their, their deal, so to speak, does not depend on that whole uh, scheduling of things for that purpose. Let me see. Uh, there's polyamorous relationships. And that's multiple romantic partners, um, and that can that can have a lot of structures. That's a whole that's a whole other uh, string of conversation. Um, the different versions of uh, polyamorous relationships. So basically, it means that there can be multiple partners in a relationship, or multiple relationships, I suppose you could say. Um, and then there's also relationship anarchy, which is fairly new to me. But for, from my understanding of it, it's that there are participants in this relationship, but there are no other real set rules. Um, 
And I imagine that that would have to, just like other forms of non-monogamy, I, I imagine that would have to involve a lot of open and honest communication. And that's my next point, is that regardless of the structure of a non-monogamous relationship, the most important thing is to make sure that you are being completely open and honest with your feelings, with yourself first, and then with everybody else who's involved. Otherwise, it, it doesn't work. Um, and I feel like I think that's where a lot of people who are used to uh, seeing monogamous relationships get kind of uh, caught up is the idea that people in non-monogamous relationships are just out there doing their thing when really it takes a lot of thoughtful consideration um, to, to make sure that everyone in the relationship is having their emotional needs met as well as physical needs. But mostly we're talking about emotions and not private parts at this moment. Um, let me see. What else do I have to say about non-monogamous relationships? They're valid. Non-monogamous relationships are valid. That's another thing that I hear a lot from people who are used to monogamy is that if, if you are not completely devoted uh, to monogamy, then you're not in an actual relationship. And I, I just like to say false. Um, Non-monogamy takes a lot of love. And again, it takes a lot of conversation. It takes a lot of time and dedication to make it work. So um, if done right, I would say that non-monogamy is, I won't say more valid, but it takes a special type of dedication to make it work. And I give credit to everyone who is able to make that happen successfully. Um, again, just remember talking, talking, that's the most important thing. Um, let me see. There are other types of non-monogamy and maybe I can do like a little side video talking about it. And I'd love to have a back and forth conversation with you guys if you're up to it. Um, again, it's a really interesting subject to me. But again, um, I hope that that explanation helps, um, you know, the person who asked that question and anybody else who might be tuning in. Um, and if you have more questions about that, please feel free to, uh, to comment them or to send me questions later. And um, those are my questions for the week. Um, please, again, feel free to submit questions throughout the week. I love getting them. I love kind of knowing what's going on with you guys and being able to help in any, any way that I can is awesome. I really appreciate those of you who have done it so far, and I hope that my advice is helpful. So, you know, with that, thanks for joining me today on uh, Ask a Brown Feminine. You can follow me on Instagram, you can follow me here, and I'll keep you guys updated as far as schedule or special things that we might be doing during the week. And um, if you have questions to submit, you can do it anonymously at brownfeminine.saraha.com, or you can email me directly at a number four af brownfeminine at gmail.com, and I will add those to the comments. And uh, as always, you're appreciated. <laughs>